Time for bed. But Christmas is tomorrow. I'm too excited to sleep. Would you go to sleep if I told you a bedtime story? Okay. Twas the night before Christmas, and Mommy and the kids were worried about Daddy when they heard about the bus crash on the radio. But Daddy came home safe and sound, and it was the best Christmas ever. Yay! However, everybody on the packed bus died, and their family spent Christmas Day identifying bodies and planning funerals. What the fuck? Christmas Carol Catastrophes, a podcast about the oddest Christmas songs ever unleashed on an unsuspecting public, starts November 17th. No, really? What in the actual fuck? <laughs> Hello and welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Grabone, known to my friends as Marv, and this time I'm going to let each person introduce themselves, starting with Jared. Yeah, my name is Jared Carter, and I am the creator of a fiction podcast and audio drama called Desert Skies, which is about a gas station in the afterlife. He's, he's underselling it, guys. You all need to listen to that show. Mm-hmm. We're all sci-fi nerds, so it 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 fit all of us. Well, this this hit this week. I'm bragging a little bit. This hit number eight for all science fiction in the United States this week. Wow! Wow! wow. Fantastic! Wow. Awesome! Awesome! awesome. Yeah, so it's getting some Brand. traction. Cool, Stu. Uh, my name is Robert Stewart. I'm the host of the Stu World Order podcast, where we review random comic book movies with our guests. And I have the website SWO Productions, where we have new articles that come out every single weekday, uh, reviews on movies, TV shows, every flavor of Pop-Tart that's ever come out. We have some fiction stuff. We have just, just articles for days over at SWOProductions.com. I'm leaving Ken till late because he's got till till last because he's got loads of them to mention. Uh, Simon, hi, I'm Simon Langham. I'm one quarter now these days of Who Takes the Socks Off, which is basically a podcast where a bunch of us get together and talk about or try and answer questions that most people wouldn't even think to ask, like uh, can millipedes walk backwards, uh, and who took all the dicks and fannies out of books. Out of what? I'm sorry. Out of I books. know this is your introductions, but I'm jumping straight to Q and A. Out of what? Spoilers. It was basically about the fact that a lot of the character names were changed in Enid Blyton books in the oh, okay. 80s. I knew what you were talking about. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, George. Hi, my name is George Soroy. I am uh, the host and producer of the weekly interview show Excelsior Journeys, which puts the spotlight on creatives of all kinds and allows them to share their journey to personal success. I've been doing this show for five years now, and I'm also the co-founder of the Once Upon a Podcast Network, which mm -hmm. is a collective of creative-based podcasts that are all about inspiring, motivating, rejuvenating 
celebrating and educating creatives of all kinds. You can find out more about that at onceuponapodcastnetwork.com. You're all so much better at this than me. Okay. Oh. The, the better than I am. Yeah, and Ken? Hi, everyone. My name is Ken Sweeney. I am the uh, host and producer of The Comfortable Spot. I'm putting on my Comfortable Spot voice now. And then I'm going to switch to my European network voice, which is very forthright and very argumentative because we do a lot of politics podcasts about the European Union. Slightly boring. But anyway, I'm going to get fired after that. So, uh, yeah, that's what I do. And then occasionally I do a podcast with my daughter. It's called Lydia's Booktastic Podcast. And she reviews books for kids. And uh, my youngest daughter, Lucy, is going to be joining us for the next season. And that will be total chaos. So that's me in a (laughs) nutshell. Every episode that Lucy guest on is total chaos. (laughs) <laughs> she's much more grown up now she's just immediately <laughs> chaotic now it's not yeah. natural <laughs> yeah you, you laugh Stu but but when 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 she comes on they're trying to be all all professional with Lydia and and Ken and then uh, and then Lucy will be like oh but I want to do this yeah she just throws a grenade into the house and just stands there while the place burns laughing maniacally <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, she's much more tamer now that she is, but she still can't shut, shut up. So, you know, it's, it's, we should really just give her her own podcast where she interviews herself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, actually, it's great to see all these different types of podcasts. I like that, you know, because I thought we were just going to get like nerdy sci fi dudes that were all going together. And then I was going to have to keep up. But uh, it's great to see that mm-hmm. everyone has a very different type of podcast. It's just really cool. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, we seem to have like, the ticking all the boxes here so that's that's brilliant i really like that sound i'll have to check out everybody's podcasts yeah Mark, what are we doing this evening we're doing top something of something aren't we what are we doing aren't we doing our top are we doing top three or top five christmas we films? should make it three top three shouldn't we top three probably top five oh. we'd be here till christmas yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i've got another christmas special to record tomorrow christmas night, 2024 so. <laughs> <laughs> I can go first if you want to. But um, yeah, but for anyone who's listening, who, who would expect a nice bit of general chit chat between mm. us all at the start of the show, unknown to you all, we've just had 45 minutes of general chit chat before we started. <laughs> X-rated as well. X-rated. Yes. 45 yeah. minutes of wrestling that turned into Star Wars. Yeah. Slagging <laughs> Liam Neeson's off with the big fella cinema. You know, (laughs) will I go first? Will I? Because I I have three films that I just love to watch at Christmas. They're not necessarily Christmas films, so I can I can get the ball rolling. Those are my favorite kinds of Christmas films, too. The ones that take place during Christmas, but are not necessarily noted as Christmas movies. And if you try and watch them, you feel weird. You feel like dirty. (laughs) (laughs) You feel like what kind of films are we talking about here? Come on. Nah, nah, they're not. There's nothing mad about them. So my number one film for watching at Christmas time is Where Eagles Dare, starring Clint Eastwood, Richard Bourne. It's got to be the ultimate, ultimate, what the hell happened sort of war movie if you haven't seen it before. And no matter how many times I've watched it, every single scene gets me gets me absolutely raring for the next minute afterwards. It's just brilliantly directed. It looks great for a 1960s movie. The action is just it's just so unique for the time, you know? So the way they were just going around, putting those little dynamite things all around the places and having it all ready before the Germans came along, you know? And it was just, it's just a fantastic film with a brilliant plot. And just like you were saying there, George, I read the book, uh, you know, very early in my teens. And I thought the, 
film was just as good as the book and the book, you know, oh, wow. everything, everything in the book is in the movie. And that's what's brilliant about it. They just said, we're not leaving anything out, you know, uh, and I love the whole thing. And the other thing I really like about it, which I'm beginning to only understand over the last couple of years that I watch it, is that the two females in the film are brilliant. They're powerful. They're strong. They don't give a shit. And they're actually well able to look after themselves because they've been there long before the other lads get there. And I think this is just one of the best parts of the film, you know, because in any of the other war films you see at the time, either the women are just dumb as a bag of rocks or they're traitors. You know, you look guns in Averone, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, or either they're just maniacal killers who, who have lost every single members of the family and just want to kill everyone else in return. But these two girls, they were trained, they were spies, they were good at the job and they, they were, you know, they were up to the task, you know, and I thought overall, it's just my, I never get tired of watching it. Never, you know, and when my kid gets to a certain age, I think 10 is probably, she wouldn't understand most of it. When she gets to about 13, I'm going to say, sit down at Christmas, going to say, watch this. It's going to be great. And I know people say the great escape is a great Christmas movie, but for me, where Eagle Star is better. It's just got more, it's more grittier. There's more guts in it. The great escape's great, but it's, you know, except for the name, but um, you know, you know it and it's, you know, it's a bit bland in some parts, you know, it's a bit feel goody, whereas there's nothing feel goody about where Eagles there. So that's my that's my number one. Number two is Star Wars. That's uh, New Hope. Um, Just a great film. Just saying to the guys here, well directed, still stands the test of time. The technology they used was amazing. All you can see, like you can just see the detail in the, the models and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't have that washy, wishy, washy, orangey feel of, you know, CGI that was coming out in the late 2000s. Um, you know, it's brilliant. It's a great film. Um, the dialogue is terrible, but we all love it. You know, we can say every single <laughs> word. To it. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's my number two. And it's just so many scenes in that film that you can keep watching all the time. And you just go, oh, I missed that little bit there. Wow. So what happens is I find each time I watch that film, I look deeper into the background of each scene. And that gives me great joy because then you can see that it stands up so well. Because here's the thing. When you look at Star Trek, which is probably Star Wars' main rival, how many times had they got to update the starships, update, update the bridge designs, update the uniforms? Why? Because they just keep going out of date. And that's something that Star Wars never has to worry about. So when you saw the Mandalorian and the final scene where, on the, where all the ladies were coming up to get Grogu home, this, the actual deck looked exactly the same as the control room that CP Trio and R2D2 were in, you know, towards the end of when they're on the Death Star. They didn't change anything. All the basic systems look exactly the same. The screens look the same. And I think that's that's a t testimony to the set design and all that kind of stuff, you know. So uh, it's number, number two. And then finally, my number three movie. Uh, I know you're probably going to laugh, but I love Home Alone. I think it's a fantastic film and it's a great film to sit down with the kids. You know, you have Ghostbusters for Halloween and you have Home Alone for uh, for the kids. And, you know, they really get into it and they love it. And it does have a few little tiny sad moments, but you're not running a risk when you sit the family down as you do with E.T., which I found out to my absolute horror. My two kids, you know, at that scene when he was in the little tent and he wasn't looking the best. You know, they were like on their knees crying. And I was going, this was a bad idea. <laughs> like, for the first time, I saw my 10-year-old just reaching out to the TV and go, no, you know, whereas with 
with their with their home alone they just loved it you know you dirty stinker rat i had to fill you with that like you know i had to rewind that all the time because the kids just wanted to see it again and then the spider falling on your man's face and then screaming like a, a six-year-old girl it was just everything about that film was just amazing and again it stands up you know i think who guys help me out did rob reiner direct that film by any chance who, who no that was uh chris columbus chris columbus it was just yep. a brilliant brilliant yeah. uh actual um the sequences of the scenes were fantastic. You know, the way everything yeah. just gelled. Like if I would, I would imagine if I was speaking to him, I would imagine there was very little left on the cutting room floor because it looks to me like they got it all great. You know, like they really mm. like first take uh, mm-hmm. scenes and mm-hmm. they were just brilliant. And you know, that like people talk about Goodfellas, but actually I think, I think that film made Joe Petty. I think really people got to know Joe Petty after that movie more than Goodfellas. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. generally people I think got to our know. generation would not know who he was right. if it wasn't for him. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and that introduced this to his older films. Yeah, exactly. I sat down and I watched Goodfellas. I said, turn around, turn around to the girlfriend who's gone out of time. Said, that's a guy out of Home Alone. And then you get to house. hear all the actual words that he wanted mm-hmm. to say. He wanted to say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, too busy going, that's the version of Home yeah. Alone I want to see. But it, it was a, it was a great film, man. You know, you can forget about all the other ones that came after because they were just a slow decline. They were like Elvis, really, you know. Um but the, like I say, that that was just that was just my top three films because mm. I loved them all, and I would actually watch them all one after the other. You know, pile the popcorn in, get a huge bottle of caffeine full of Coca Cola, and drain the kids alive. You know, just have them laughing, crying, and shouting at the same time. So that's my three. I hope they were up to scratch with the rest of them now because mine are probably a bit simplistic. But you know, I guess Christmas is about that, isn't it? All right, who wants to go next? Um, I can go next. I can go next. I okay. got, um, so the, um, I, I put together like a, um, a list of five, but I'll just, you know, be real brief with, uh, with three out of five of them. Um, but the, the, uh, the one that I always, uh, save for my Christmas Eve, uh, traditional viewing that's Die Hard. Um, and that's, that to me is just, uh, that will, that to me is just, uh, just a perfect example of a movie that takes place at Christmas time, but is not, you know, like is not generally looked at as a Christmas movie. However, the year since everyone has really embraced it as such. Um, and I, and I just, I just think it's just a, a wonderful experience. The action holds up, the writing holds up everything about that movie. It, the look of it, the feel of it, it just feels classic and it deserves to be celebrated as a Christmas film and um, and deservedly so. Um, the two that I will definitely just kind of touch on very quickly, uh, they are two of the of uh, two out of the four movies that I always refer to as my Shane Black um, marathon during Christmas time. Um, and the two that I picked are Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and The Long Kiss Goodnight. Um, both of them are, you know, really, really fun action films and completely different ones, too, because Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is definitely much more um, low, low key in its action in its setting and everything. It's much more contained while The Long Kiss Goodnight is huge. And, you know, it's and it's a, it's got a lot of an incredibly vast set pieces. And but at the same time, both of them have these great Shane Black screenplays where you really got to see like the man's got something for Christmas because he's got these movies taking place during Christmas. He's got Lethal Weapon, which really kind of started the whole thing. He's got Iron Man 3. Um, and I haven't seen The Nice Guys yet, but I understand like that's also um, 
there's at least a mention there for mm. Christmas. Um, but my other three, my other two that um, that really that I always make a point to see uh, one is 1992's Batman Returns. Um, and uh, that to me is just like I just I just love how um, it's so anti Christmas. But at the same time, like it's it's so Christmas because like, I mean, it's it basically just like it looks like it would be something from that would be a toy, um, you know, just like the the Wayne Manor in in Batman Returns. If you compare it to the Wayne Manor in the 1989 Batman, the 1992 one, it looks like the it looks like a playset that's all closed up while the Wayne Manor one in, in 1989's Batman, it's all opened up. But you can this is the one that you can actually kind of like grab by its top and just and just walk off with it with all of your toys in it. And I think I own that as a matter yeah, of fact. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So it's it just has like that sort of feel. But at the same time, it is so dark and so almost sleazy to the point, just like looking yeah. at Danny DeVito's performance as the penguin mm. and the way that that the um that the top the top, the main bad guy, the one that really kind of puts everything in motion is Max Shrek. And what does he own? A department store. And so it's <laughs> like everything about it is just like it's so giving the finger to Christmas and mm. giving the finger to like all like the kids blockbusters, which makes it even funnier that McDonald's went ahead and made Happy Meals out of it. It was just like mm-hmm. <laughs> everything about it. It was just like it's so wrong, but I love yeah. it. I so absolutely good. love it. And it's so and it's so much fun to really see like what it is that that they did with it. And just like Tim got Tim Burton got this job because he said, you know, like they said, we're going to let you do a Tim Burton movie. And yeah. they let him do it. And he did it. And mm-hmm. he brought in the guy who who wrote Heather's. And thought that you know, like make us a happy meal movie. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> just the everything about it. It was just like, you really want me to do that? Okay. And, and just and set about doing it. So I I truly, truly love that one. And the other one that I um that I always make a point to watch during the holidays um is because of the of the of the climax that took place on December 25th, and that was Rocky Four. Um, and the thing about Rocky four, the thing I, um, uh, in, in the past couple of years, Stallone has, uh, released his director's cut version of it, which is a weird, like experiment. I feel like it doesn't feel like the same film that it was in the theaters because while it's, while that film was, you know, obviously like the shortest one out of the whole series and it came out to just at, at an hour and a half. They were saying how Rocky Four, how this director's cut was uh, called uh, Rocky Four, Rocky versus Drago, Ultimate Director's Cut. This is like the most odd title that you can think of. But he said that like it's got twenty, it's got uh, twenty minutes or forty minutes or so like of added footage, and it's still an hour and a half long because he took out so much <laughs> that he felt like was made it too dated he took out all the robot scenes for one no, thing. no not the robot I scenes know, i know it's just like <laughs> the robot is the ultimate first of all you give paulie nothing to do you you barely have you have paulie in in the movie for like about five minutes at the most without the robot and he took away like the the perfect representation of how far away from his roots rocky is gone so it's like it it but at the same time 
there is, and that's why I watch like the theatrical cut during the holidays. It just feels like it, it hits all those right notes. It's manipulative as hell, but I don't care. It's got, it's got a great Vince DiCola score and the training montage is, is, you know, it's, 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 it's montage, the movie, basically, just like there are five different montages in this in this damn thing. But, but the training it's... montage was very different, wasn't it, to the previous one? Because when you look back on the previous one, I mean, you know, we don't need to talk about that. Yeah. But, um, you know, the, the second, sorry, the fourth one, it was just much more realistic. He grew a beard, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. You yeah, know. and and he got himself. I think he went down to like five percent body fat or something, something ridiculous to the point where just like, how is your heart able to take this? You <laughs> know, just like that's, and and the fight itself is just a blast. It's one of it's one of the best fights that you'll ever see, like in in cinema. It's yeah. so much fun, and the the music and the songs that that accompany it. I t- I got to tell Vince during an interview on, on my show that. Rocky four and transformers, the movie are two of my most replayed soundtracks that I've ever owned. And both of them were his. So it was, it was a blast to be able to, to revisit that one at all times. And so the fact that it's only an hour and a half long, definitely add it to your viewing, your, your viewing list, because you won't be disappointed. It's a lot of fun. I have the box set. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So do I. As do I. Yep. So those are those are my picks. Super picks. Well done. I'm not sure where to go now. I think I might go with Jared because yeah, because I can take us into normal Christmas movie world. (laughs) 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 Take that, George. There you go. I'm loving this. I have I have no strong opinions on um, like Die Hard being a Christmas movie or not. I need to watch it. I've never seen it. Full disclosure. (gasps) Wow. Yeah. It, yeah, it opens. Oh, it opens yeah. with Run DMC. It ends with Let It So. Let It Snow. Let It Snow. Yeah. Like it's got all. It's got all the the great trappings yeah. of a great Christmas movie. That I sounds. Have sneak, I'm, yeah. I have to sneak in here. If we're being honest, I've never seen the first Star Wars. Right. Wow. Yeah. So for for being honest about classic movies that we mentioned. <laughs> Well, that was Stu, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks I, I haven't seen the sound of music. There well, you I'm go. Forgiven. I, I, I don't forgive you for that one, but Jesus, poor LSWO Productions imposter syndrome. <laughs> it's not to not to tangent this away. It's one of those movies where, like, I know everything that happens in it because of pop culture, so I've never felt the urge to actually well, sit down and like watch it. Saying you know all the Beatles songs, but you never saw them play live. You know, it's like you gotta do it, man. You gotta do it. <laughs> Just sit down on your own. Don't let anybody in the room. <laughs> In, uh, you know, what about it, some time? Let it through you. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, it's Stephen. Hi, I'm John McKay. <laughs> Hi, it's Stephen. Hi, it's Paul. And we are from Trimming the Musical Fat Podcast, and we want to wish Marv and all the pods like us listeners a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Okay, I'm gonna start with I'm gonna I'm gonna move back here uh, backwards a little bit. Um, there, the movie Last Holiday uh, is really um, I don't know if you guys have seen this Queen Latifah. She finds out she's going to die, um, and then decides to go on this like uh, extravagant European vacation during the holidays. It was originally gonna be played. Uh, the character was gonna be played by John Candy, 
originally, which is super interesting mm. to me. It's actually really, I think, a really funny and charming movie and not enough people know about it. And I highly just recommend if you're looking for a, a feel good, um, kind of like heartwarming Christmas, Christmas movie, that's uh, that's the way to go. Uh, for my actual top three, Jingle All the Way, Jingle All the Way starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jake Lloyd, who we talked about a little bit before the show actually started recording. Um, one of his better roles, and as far as I know, one of his only other roles, uh, it was I, I made an instant connection with this movie because when I was a kid, we went on a trip to Universal Studios and we rode the uh, backlot tour where you ride on the tram through movie sets. And they were filming Jingle All the Way. They had the New York City uh, parade scene taking place at that time. It is not actually a great movie, but it is a decent Christmas film that brings up a lot of warm feelings for me. And it's just cringy enough. And uh, Phil Hartman is actually a really fantastic, like his his role in this movie is worth watching it for alone. He plays the creepy neighbor who is trying to hit on Arnold's wife. Um, and steal her away and he's just fantastic uh next up for me is emmett otter's jug band christmas i only saw this in the last couple of years uh it is for the music alone um this is just one of the sweetest like movies imaginable there is nothing about it that is even remotely cynical you see so much of that i feel like especially like in modern christmas movies they're really geared towards like this disney channel generation where they just you know, they they want to be a little raw a little edgy as far as you can be with like teen and child characters but emmett otter jug band it's just like it's about it's really a story about poverty mm. it's really a story about like i can just imagine kids around the country because this was first aired on television kids around the country who are growing up in impoverished places watching this movie and being like, that's a character like me. Whereas so many Christmas movies, home alone, which I love. I mean that house, right? Like these are, these are the characters yeah. that mm -hmm. we're used to seeing. And they're like, Holy crap. I'll, that is not my Christmas. And it's the one that you compare yourself to. And Emmett Otter, Emmett Otter's jug band Christmas, especially coming from a, a rather poor family myself was like <sighs> watching that was just so um, redeeming. And I think too, uh, my, my number one, and I have the limited edition vinyl soundtrack. If you can see that here, I'll put it up here. I have a Muppet. It looks exactly <laughs> like the my. I have a Muppet Christmas Carol background for those who are listening. Um, and I'm trying to hold up my vinyl, but it looks exactly the same as this background. And I got it uh, last year. The music from Muppet Christmas Carol um, is one of the things that makes it such an incredibly special and meaningful movie. Uh, the the music was composed by Miles Goodman, who actually I don't know if you guys are What About Bob fans, but you can watch What About Bob and it sounds like a Christmas movie because all you hear is Muppet Christmas Carol music and vice versa. Um, and then the lyrics to the songs, the songs that were written were actually written by a guy named Paul Williams, who wrote the song, mm -hmm. the opening theme for the movie, The Love Boat. Uh, so somehow those two guys working together just made something incredibly magical so um muppet christmas carol not only the music but also michael kane's um, unbelievable performance one of the things that i've seen come out over the last couple of years which is such um which i've loved it, it's shown up as a bit of a meme which is that tim curry 
and Michael Caine were both fantastic in their respective Muppet movies. Tim, uh, Tim, or Tim, yeah, Tim, um, I'm sorry, I'm losing my uh, Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah, yeah, Muppet Treasure Island that he he did really well in that movie because he acted like a Muppet. Um, you know, and uh, and Michael Caine did really well in the Muppet Christmas Carol because he treated everyone like fellow actors. And mm. I thought, man, it's just his performance in that is so believable that it for being a post Jim Henson um, Henson film, it's it's amazing. Now yeah, comes now comes my now, now comes my uh, confession. This is the year that I will finally see a Muppet Christmas Carol. I will finally sit down. I will watch it. I don't know why it's evaded me for so long. And I think, um, Jared, I think you you hit it right there. Post Henson, that that yeah. always feels like I you know like I love the Muppets. You know the 2011 one with um, mm-hmm. Jason Siegel. I love that because like that was hearkening back to those times mm-hmm. you know, like it was actually like going into their stu- their their theater and i got yeah. welled up watching that mm-hmm. but it was just like i always felt like when henson died it felt like my interest in the muppets just kind of like waned for a bit yeah and um so the fact that you know like the fact that i've always avoid you know like uh, not avoided but just you know, just missed watching it Mm-hmm. this is the year i was just like and and it was that meme that really brought it brought it home to me it was just like everyone is you know like the way that and i totally get what michael kane would would do i totally get mm-hmm. he's the one that would do that so yeah. it's just like you you gotta go forward with it i mean he, like this he's, is the guy, he's like liam neeson in star wars he yeah. can't help but just be like the best freaking actor regardless of whatever the material is He's working with. He's just gonna make it amazing. You're like he's he's got it in his own filmography. He's got his. (laughs) I've still not seen uh, that one. Fun fact for me is, uh, I actually applied for an internship with the Jim Henson Company when I was 16 years old and got an invite to come out to Hollywood and interview. And my parents would not let me because I was 16. Oh Oh, my! So heartbreaking. Yeah. I was going to say, George, a good way to look at it is Muppet Christmas Carol. Do, do you remember the classic Muppet series when you used to have like one set piece that was based on an old, you know, classic or whatever? It's almost oh, yeah. like thinking of it that way where it's just a long form version of that on location, essentially. Yeah. Just think of it that way because yeah. it is it is that good a film. It's got that the classic Muppets sort of feel to it that we remember yeah. from the old TV series. It's, mm. it's yeah. And I, it's and I, lo- well. I love the, and I love the fact that Paul Williams is back to do the lyrics because he's the man that gave us the rainbow connection. Mm-hmm. Or, That's you know, right. From the Muppet movie. And, and all those amazing songs that are in there. Like, I mean, yep. that, that soundtrack is, is also just one of the greats. Yeah. And oh, that yeah. movie is, that movie is tremendous. So mm-hmm. like, I mean, those three, those three original Muppet movies, man they were they were fantastic and oh. all in their own special way mm-hmm. so i can't wait to see this one i'm, I'm oh, so you'll, glad you'll be singing up, the Jared. songs until next year they're oh, yeah bring they're it that on good bring mm-hmm. it on i can't wait they're always they're on my uh i've got songs from that on my apple um plug sorry uh i've got them on my playlist for christmas songs i have that i listen to <laughs> through the christmas period i've got yes. songs off that soundtrack on there very cool like feels a lot like yeah. christmas and things like that yeah Mm-hmm. it's just really clever as well the way they used gonzo to bring in the the dickens prose 
rather than mm. just trying to paint the story yes. with the actual scenes. That was we, just a really clever touch. We read nice. that book every year as a family for like the month of December. Oh, nice. And oh, the Muppet Christmas Carol, more than any other Charles Dick, or not Charles, <laughs> more than <laughs> any other version of the Christmas Carol. And I'll be honest, I love them all. Like that, uh, every new rendition, I'm like, sign me up, I'll watch it. Um, but that one, the Muppet Christmas Carol, is probably the most true to the source material that that it, you'll see in film, like word for word, in in mm. many ways. Right, go go over to Stu, who I'm guessing uh, might include Iron Man three, but I'm not sure. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> Iron Man three. I don't, not a big particular fan of Iron Man three, despite <laughs> what the the podcast is about. You know what? I'm feeling under a lot of pressure because we've had three people go we've had george ken jared all give three movies no overlap so far so i feel like i'm gonna go in the same direction here i'm gonna give three movies that i really like that we haven't named yet and we left off talking about muppets christmas carol which otherwise would probably be my number one and we're talking about interpretations of dickens and a christmas carol and everything and that leaves me with one that was definitively going to be in my top three anyway and that is bill murray scrooged which mm, yeah ah, it's 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 mm -hmm. early 90s bill murray we already talked a little bit about what about bob i mean he was just he, he couldn't miss in the 80s and 90s yeah. everything he did yeah. was solid gold and yeah. i i love scrooged it's so funny and it's we talked about how there is a a notion of going cynical in christmas movies and this movie is cynical but it loops all the way around at the end because you have this scrooge character you have to be cynical to a degree mm. but then you get to the end and he's he's he completely redeems himself in the, yeah. the way that only bill murray can where he's still a charming asshole but he's <laughs> bill murray who's a good guy now <laughs> charming yeah. asshole and I he said it, he said it best in the, in the movie too. Like you know, the Jews have a great word, schmuck. I was a <laughs> schmuck, and now I'm not a schmuck. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing was, if you hadn't have had that movie, you wouldn't have had films like Bad Santa because it really opened the door for, as you say, that cynical mm. type mm -hmm. approach yeah. that you got towards the mid '90s and late '90s. So you know, kudos mm. to Murray for taking the uh, the trip when a lot of actors in his position would have ran a mile from that film. Yeah, yeah, no, that's not the kind of thing yeah. that a lot of people would have mainstreamed their way into. But it's Bill and Murray. It's Bill Murray could do anything. Yeah, very <laughs> few people could have done that role. You know, so, uh, yeah, it was tailor-made for him, wasn't it? Absolutely. Mm. So after that, one thing I wanted to get into, because besides comic book movies, my favorite genre is horror. And there's a surprisingly rich history of horror Christmas movies that you wouldn't yeah. think these two things blend together so well. But I think the one I'm going to call out in particular is the most classic one, I would assume. The one from 1974 that still holds up to this day is Black Christmas. Mm -hmm. I just watched that for the first time a couple of years ago, like since COVID started. And you've got Margot Kidder and this other cast of, of young women who are supposed to be in a sorority. And it's I think it's the origin of the whole the call is coming from inside the house meme where they're getting uh, just extremely depraved phone calls and people just breathing on the line and people saying terrible things. And you get this origin that it's it's somebody who's living in their walls is calling them from inside the sorority house. And 
you've got the opening death with the the girl who gets the plastic bag over her head in the attic and it's such an iconic death scene and i love i love so much i'm talking about what the best death scenes are in an episode about <laughs> christmas movies it's <laughs> where this episode needed to go at some point but yeah i just think i mean beyond black christmas you've got a Christmas horror story, which is an anthology movie. You've got a movie that came out last year, very low budget. It came out on Shutter, and I loved it. It was called uh, Christmas Bloody Christmas about a robot Santa that comes to life and starts murdering people. But I love Christmas horror. I just think it's it's so delightfully charming. <laughs> and kind nice. of because you're you're juxtaposing <laughs> like this hopefulness and happiness of everything with you know, the opposite of that you're uh, with, with horror themes and, and scariness. And it just, it shouldn't work together as well as it does. But I think like taking horror and Christmas, because there are aspects of horror, there's the movie Krampus, which the initial horror is, you know, being with your family at Christmas, which uh, so many people look forward to, but a lot of people, not so much. (laughs) Greatest, greatest opening credit sequence ever yes yes ever that was that's the best in superman like it was fantastic <laughs> oh Stu, i tell you watch the last temptation of christ and um you know that at easter hey guys this is a great movie <laughs> and, then, and then we're gonna follow it up with mel gibson special Easter special. <laughs> there's a little bit of gore in it but not too much <laughs> And you finish the life of Brian. (laughs) (laughs) And throw in just a little bit of a Jesus Christ superstar to offend people. (laughs) (laughs) No, but and then my last one, it's another it's another anti-Christmas movie, but it came out last year. I saw it in theaters. It's not horror, but it's it's more like a diehardian action Christmas movie. I really like David Harbour's Violent Night. Which I enjoyed was, that quite a bit. Yeah. I watched that with I my oldest son. I want to see it that. It was very fun. Yeah. It's really good. It's essentially so many things since John Wick has come out are just John Wick now. Like John Wick has just changed cinema. And now we've got mm-hmm. like the, yeah. the one person against the world. I mean, it's Die Hard is what it is, but they've kind of scaled it back and just made it like this one guy who's an expert at everything and he's he's going up against a, a an entourage of villains and so you did that except you did it with santa as the protagonist and so santa goes into this kid's house just on his route delivering presents but there's a a big kerfluffle going on where there's a gang in there trying to rob these people and so santa gets tied up trying to save them and it has <laughs> I'm doing it again. It has possibly one of the greatest action death scenes of all time where Santa, <laughs> he he does his, like, he rubs his nose and sends somebody up a chimney and it just completely obliterates them. Yes. <laughs> wasn't and, he a Viking warrior or something? In that? He that was. He was. was the, his backstory, wasn't it? Santa his backstory, which we warrior. didn't get much of. I'm thinking yeah. we're definitely going to get a prequel at some point. Like, how did Viking guy become Santa Claus? Because they don't... Yeah show us that exactly they just show us that he used mm. to be a viking so, so it sounds it sounds like a, a feature-length version of the night the reindeer died from the beginning of scrooged yeah you know I've, what it's yep. yes yes to a degree yeah it's it's that but those are my three without having to you know rename anything that's already come up because i would have mentioned die hard i would have mentioned muppet christmas carol but i'm going off on my own to name three that haven't been brought up before so 
putting a, a lot of extra pressure on Simon here if he can come up with three <laughs> other unnamed movies. But uh, anyway, it's been fun, guys. Um, I need to go now. Uh, yeah. okay. Is that because of me? Were, were of you going to take Black Christmas and Violent Night? I understand. No, no, no. Uh, okay, so I mean, I, I think all my top three have been covered already. Um, I would still I love mention, to hear them because you're going to have a different take on them. Better rip. Them. I mean, yeah. okay, if I run through them real quick, um, I had uh, number three. I had Home Alone. Um, Home Alone for me is one of those films where you sit. Home Alone's on, and you're sort of like, oh, hmm. yeah, okay, we'll sit down and watch it. And then every single time, you are just pulled into it, and it doesn't matter how many times they take fake hands to the face, you still <laughs> laugh. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so Home Alone was number three. Number two for me, it was Muppets Christmas Carol, um, mm. simply because it is the definitive Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that film. I could watch that film over and over and over again. Um, and number one was Die Hard. Um, as much as anything, because uh, when I was about 18, I got on video and I, I, that video was worn out. I just watched it over and over and over and over and over again. And it, nice. it was one of those few, I, I, they do action comedies these days and it, it, it kind of feels like the, there's too much comedy, not enough action. And Die Hard mm. had just the right balance where it was believable and it was action packed. There was that hint of comedy, you know. Now I have a machine gun. You know, this stuff is just it's it sort of set the scene for all these other films come afterwards. Mm. Um, yeah, sorry, Simon, you just make a really good point there, which I think you're nailing it there. I think the the problem with trying to make these action comedies nowadays is they rely on the gore and the murders and the kill scenes yeah. to be funny factor. And that means that the characters have, have absolutely no soul. And mm. there's, there's no believability about it. Yeah. Just, the thing about just... Willis was that he had come from Moonlight. So people never, you know, if you said to him, uh, if you said, I got this idea for a film, they would have dug up Dolph Lundgren or something and stuck him in that mm. movie or the worst of all, like Steven Seagal or something, the man who yeah. never had a soul. So like, you know, <laughs> if, if somebody who ever said, let's get Bruce Willis, right? was the brilliant, was the best move ever. I think, I, I mean, mean he, he wasn't, he wasn't even second choice for that role. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. there yeah. was so Actually, many people ahead Bill of him. He could have probably pulled it off, but he would have. Michael Caine, I think, yeah, would have yeah. been fantastic. Yeah. And I haven't yeah. seen it. I'm just assuming he would have made it uh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, but I think the, uh, the the role of Bruce Willis is just what makes Die Hard so good. You know, it's like you yeah. couldn't get anybody doing that role now, and they have never mm-hmm. matched it. I don't think for that kind of no. genre where it's an action comedy. I don't think I can't think of anything that's certainly the stuff that's good. But not stuff mm-hmm. that's come up to come up to that level where you just no. want to watch it over and again. Uh, you, you've just mentioned Michael Caine, and I don't know whether this pop culture reference is going to cross over to America, but I'm just imagining Michael Caine now with the, with Die Hard, and you're only supposed to blow the bloody lift up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, party, I haven't even seen that's... it, and that's funny to me. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, I think a young Kane could have pulled that off. Actually, yeah, 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 he probably could have. Oh, he was cool. Fair, mm-hmm. Yeah, he had that genre. Yeah, yeah, it's good. But there, you're right. You're right. It's just like you look. Like even John Wick, for all its amazing choreography, um, it's <sighs> lacked something that Die Hard has. You know, he, yeah, I don't. I'm, I, I mean, to be honest, I watched the John Wick films and. To me, the choreography seems stilted. It, it's not. Mm. It, it looks like an. It looks like someone who has learned some of this stuff, but still isn't as fluid yeah. as you would expect. And you watch some of the old martial arts films. You know, I mean, even things as bad as Shogun Assassin. You know, 
you watch those sort of films, and even in those, the choreography is so much slicker and so much mm. more fluid, which is what you'd expect from someone like John Wick who knows all this shit. And you know, mm. you know, it just it just feels a bit uh, a bit feels a bit Keanu Reevesy. Basically, it feels like I mean, wonderful guy, fantastic, down to earth, wonderful man, terrible actor. Basically, blocks I call him. Yeah, so you know, it just feels like that to me. The John Wick film. I mean, they're great Minecraft. Yeah, it's a bit Minecraft. Yeah, Yeah, but I, I, lads, is it Martin? Have you got your top three? Are you like you've been sitting there all very quiet? What's your top three? I mean, I've I've done a top list two years on the trot already now. You know, Uh, but I'll I'll go for three. Um, I mean, I would have picked if it was five. I think I would have put Muppet Christmas Carol in there for sure, definitely. um, what else would I put in there? Okay, I'll go for three. Um, I like um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Hell of a lot. We went through and, and we didn't just name now that. got it. Yeah, yeah, that's, mm. yeah. yeah, that's great. That's the greatest Christmas, yeah. isn't it? It know, is. For yeah. Who hate Christmas? <laughs> who don't get up <laughs> early in the morning? Who sleep till twelve o'clock? I don't give a shit about Santa. I, I mean, you know, you know, you, you say that about Bill Murray with Scrooge, but I think yeah, this yeah. probably led yeah. to Scrooge. Yeah, in a I sense. Think was, I mean, Chase uh, was the definitely he was. Leading I, I think path. Scrooge is almost almost a cross between this National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and Groundhog Day, in a sense. Mm. Mm. In a way, great um, films, great films. Great, number great. two, pro- probably Elf. With Will Ferrell, which will, which will, yeah, it's in the cinema yeah. in Ireland. This which, which will week. irritate the the, irritate the hell out of Bill and Sean, as as me <laughs> as me and Stu know. Yeah, it's in the, the cinemas here in Ireland. They brought they it back. They hate the film. Yeah, but I just I, love I, it. I don't and understand I don't how why. you hate Elf. How no. do you hate Elf? That's that's it's such a charming it. film. It's it it's is. Just, yeah. you know, and yeah. just like there's so much care that went into it and everything, like I think it's the most approachable Will Ferrell film that there is. Really, easy yeah. one that anyone I, yeah, can I get agree. into. In my I agree opinion. with that. You yeah. know, even oh, down to guys, the... we're talking about Blade the Glory, one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, Lone <laughs> Wolf. Come on, no wonder he was on his own. No one else could reach him. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. I, I want to say, like, Elf is. I, I feel I have I know too many people who want to watch it every year and it's like the only thing that they want to invite us over to watch with them. That's the only like I love the movie. And one thing that I'll say about it is it in if you look at like the last 10 to 20 years, has there been any new Christmas movie that has really become a Christmas classic like this is on every family's rotation, mm-hmm. like the movie yeah. Elf has yeah. become and blame Hallmark on that. I mean, I mean, I think, yeah. I think one that might feature it would in that list would be the Snowman and the Snow Dog. I don't know if you guys get that in the states. Yeah, yeah, we saw that. That's oh, a, I've never heard it. In the states. I've never heard of this. Yeah, yeah. there's no. a Raymond Briggs book called The Snowman, and they made an animated movie from it. Basically, I, what thirty years ago was it, or maybe more? Oh, The Snowman. It was a long time uh, ago. I, I, saw the, I saw the Iron Brew commercial yep. based on it, yep. which was brilliant. Uh, yeah, nineteen eighty-two. <laughs> that was Simon. I think 1982, Jesus. Yeah, okay. That's 40 um, years ago. But they made a follow up not so long ago. What, it was four years ago or so. Yeah. And it was called The Snowman and the Snow Dog. And it, mm. it's, it's love it. in some ways, it's actually better than the original. Yeah. And the musical score is fantastic. And it, and it just invokes that whole sort of family Christmas thing. 100%. And it, 
it's probably one of the few films, as you say, in the last 20 years that could go into that every year rotation, I think. And if I oh, could just cool. put in really quickly, one really quickly now that Simon's been talking about that, there is a little short, actually, that you can get called Stickman. Yes. yes. Stickman is mm. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's actually better than we the saw gr- that. Gruffalo. I like the Gruffalo, but Stickman. I think Stickman is fantastic. Stickman's better than yeah. the Gruffalo, yeah. 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 Brilliant. You should watch that. Watch your kids' eyes welting up and then mm. die at the end. It's really, really good. But mind the kids. Mm. My eyes are welting up. Yeah. Kids can just go on with what they want. Well, can, can, <laughs> I can them cry. <laughs> we, we, we've got the book and read it every year. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm. yeah my daughter, we, we haven't got all of her books for, for the podcast. Yeah, she loves them. All kids love uh, Julia Donaldson. She's a brilliant, uh, yeah. brilliant writer. You know, she writes amazing stories. Now, Simon, think, sorry, Martin, I think you'd won more, did you? Um, so I've done that. And Elf, and I'll go for the uh, Albert Finney version of Scrooge. Uh, you know, of the, the Scrooge story mm. as well. Oh, you know, with, yeah. you know mm. that, that, that was one the one I, that we used to yeah. watch in school. Yeah, mm. yeah, the one you yeah. watched yeah. as a kid. Yeah, yeah. kids. I'm sure that was the same in the UK. Probably not in the states, but in the school they pulled that out and stick it on the yeah. NHS. Yeah, it's kind of mm. like really dark and. I, I have memories of that, that looking yeah. film. That's the one where me and my. Me and my family, we've always watched that all the time. Every year it comes on, we've watched good, it. And good not many a year without watching that. And the yeah. songs are brilliant and everything's great. And um, Alec Guinness is incredible as as Marley. Yeah. Mm. Robert Finney. Oh, I bet. I haven't seen it. Um, George oh, George C. Scott is about as far back as I That's go. That's a great version oh, as yeah. well. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Version, yeah. 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 I it's like good. the um, what's the other one? Patrick Stewart did a good version as well. I was well. just going to say, didn't Captain? He did, he did a one man version of it, didn't he? Yeah, he did yeah. that on stage. But there's a he film on, on Broadway. On Broadway, yeah. 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 But there's a film version with Patrick Stewart in, and he's got um, oh, who's that actor? Um, Ken, I can't remember his name now. From Withnail and I. Oh, um, um, uh, he was also. Did he play Loki in? Uh, yes. Was it him? Yep. Tom Hiddleston. guy, Richard E. Grant. Richard E. Grant. Oh, yeah, that, okay. From, yeah, yeah. Wow. he was kind of Loki's alternative Loki. Yeah, elegant. Mm. Yeah, so that that was him. Yeah, you know, there's lots of women listening to this going, "God, six lads talking about Loki's alligator." Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I may, if I may, also just uh, just throw this out, just as like a as a as a one off quick recommendation, since we're talking about a Christmas Carol, I just recently saw the Man Who Invented Christmas. That is um, a great all yeah. about Charles Dickens. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. fantastic. And uh Christopher Plummer is in it. Yep. And okay. he's remarkable. I mean, that's that's one I only saw I've only seen it once, but I still own it. So I need to like definitely mm. need to watch it more mm-hmm. because it really was just a tremendous film. Yeah. I, like, I, I like the I, Christmas Chronicles films as well. Yeah, they're good. Mm. I think yeah, Kurt, I, I think those are Russell, good. I Kurt Russell, Russell is great. I saw the first one, didn't see the second yeah. one, but yeah, Kurt Russell's they're, they're fun. Everything yeah. breaks on him, and he's just classic, straight out of like Big Trouble in Little China, isn't he? Ah, fuck. bringing presents to kids. Hi, this is David from This Goose is Cooked, and we would like to wish all the listeners of Pods Like Us a very Merry Christmas. And if you're having trouble writing your Christmas cards, remember a picture is worth a thousand words. It's amazing that we had six guys here, right? Of all of the perfect age, and no one has gone for it's a world of imagination. No one has gone for Willy Wonka. For Willy Wonka? Yeah, well, I wouldn't uh, call that a Christmas. Oh, Jesus, over in here in Ireland, the UK, it is. I mean, like, oh, really? Yeah, really. 
Sure, that's why they're releasing the new one at Christmas because they're going people, Harry Potter fans are going mad for it. Like, I would put that during Halloween. I'm actually interested. Like, it's no, that's what we watch on Veterans Day here. So, I don't know what (laughs) (laughs) they love. They love uh, love Harry, they love Harry Potter, and I think there's a connection with them, you know, that kind of stuff, the kind of magical sort of thing about Willy Wonka. That he's not Mm. a guy you trust, but you'd still like to hang out with for a while. Kids, mm-hmm. kids love Roald Dahl here in Ireland in the UK. Mm. They, they say fuck the rumors, you know. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> they say like we don't care, we love them. And I know Martin, you would tell. And when it comes to books, there's Roald Dahl days here. Yeah, oh, Billy, yeah. Billy Wonka's yeah. definitely a Christmas one, along with mm. Oliver. More in the UK, I think. Oliver definitely, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. Mm. I used to get rolled out every Christmas, didn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we you get know, we Oliver. get a lot of musicals on British television yeah. at mm. Christmas yeah. and war films. Mm. And war films, yeah, yeah. yeah the, what, just while we're here, the three big three. What at Guns and Avalon? No, that's too dark for Christmas, isn't it? So we have the Great Escape, definitely yeah. very good there. What would be the third one? That Apocalypse Now. <laughs> I'm assuming. Day, I was thinking actually, the metal jacket. Hamburger Hill. I was thinking Kelly's Heroes actually, the one with Clint yeah. Eastwood where they go to steal. Yeah, maybe yeah. Because it was go. like a western, wasn't it? It was directed exactly like as if it was a western. And uh, you know that's, Did that's they used to put Escape to Victory on quite a lot of Christmas as well. well it was a shit day. film though, wasn't it? <laughs> you had like you know it's Sylvester's Lone and Gold going, you know, it's like <laughs> Pele just got paid half a million dollars to just do an overhead kick. That was all. That's it. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. No, it's, that's a problem. Let's see if I can get this played so that we can respond to this. Let's have a look. Share, advanced sharing. Hold up. Hey, what? Uh oh. I'm I'm learning what to do here. I forgot how to do it. I haven't done it for that long. Um, that one. You should be able to see what I'm looking at now. Yep. I can there see five, I can see five naked women. What's going on, Martin? <laughs> <laughs> the people watching the video will say, what's oh, Ken sorry, watching? It's minimize, okay. minimize. Here we, here we go. It's here statues go, in the Louvre. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a Greek tragedy. I have to be honest, guys. I was going to just really throw um, a spanner in the works and say Alexander, the movie from the early 2000s for a Christmas film. But then yeah. I, um, I'd, be, I'd be found out mm. as being a total liar, you know, because you all have to watch one shit movie, you know, and see if it's still shit 20 years later. Mm. Can, it you, is, hear, can you hear this? What, what did you think no. the thing was taken? The witch? <laughs> <laughs> can you hear this that I'm playing or not? No. 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 Right. Okay. We'll just have to trust you on this. Right. Basically, James from um, Teamworks is apologizing that he couldn't make it. So Uh, what he said was, what what Christmas film could you each see yourselves in as a character? Mm. Oh, that's a great story. Mm. Yeah, that's easy. Christmas vacation. Especially as as I've gotten older, the idea of... uh, it was a funny movie when I was a kid. As an adult, it's you just relate to that character so much as an adult with children, just wanting to make like the perfect Christmas and everything that can go wrong, going wrong. And he's just such I, I didn't know what to think of him when I was a kid as an adult. He just seems like this dad who's trying really, really hard. Mm. And a good, I would good, also I, um, I was going to say a good story about that is as well, you know, is that um, I ended up paying for that on on Amazon Prime because you buy the DVD or Blu-ray in the UK 
and it's edited, right? Mm. But it's unedited on Amazon Prime. Ah, wait, why is it edited? They cut out the bad language. They cut out the bad language. Because of Bing Bing Crosby tap dancing with Danny fucking K. (laughs) That bit, because they change it to Danny freaking K. Oh, Oh, no. That's so sad. (laughs) (laughs) This hit's different. Go on, George. What He's going to find the jolliest bunch of morons this side of the nut house. <laughs> <laughs> in Ireland, they change out to gobshites. <laughs> <laughs> see, now I want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> you were going to say, George. Um, oh, hell, I, I was I um I always I always wanted to have a robot, so I would be Paulie in Rocky Four. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't quite go the same direction that Paulie would go in with it oh. to make it all of a sudden like a sex bot for him. Like it was, <laughs> but it was, uh, but it it was it was a it, I I still remember like they put like so much emphasis on that robot, you know, like when it came out, and then. Uh, for Stallone to just unceremoniously just remove him entirely from from his uh, director's cut, which is a shame. Again, just because, like, just a, a quick note: like all the extra footage that he put into that director's cut is really good stuff, yeah. and it was just like it. So it just doesn't feel like a real definitive director's cut. But if I was to, but yeah, to be like uh, one person, I would, I would be, I would be Paulie and Rocky Four. I would just be less of an asshole. And I would not uh, go the way of reprogramming his robot the way that he did. You know, George, you've just made me wonder. I don't know whether Stu's got this far in it yet, but you've made me wonder if BuffyBot was based on that robot from Rocky. I have not gotten to the point where there's a robot, no. (laughs) Wow. I don't know whether that one worked. Are we talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yeah, Yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, yeah. She was yeah, over at the website, I'm doing an episode by episode review. I've not gotten to a point where there's a Buffy bot. No, <laughs> wow. that takes courage. Wow, fair play anyway. to you on that one. Okay, um, do we have to pick one that we've would would have to be a character from the movies we like? No, it could be another film. Hmm? Ah, okay, yeah. that makes it interesting. Um, I think probably if I had to pick somebody, I think I would probably be Stephen Queen in The Great Escape because my God, he was so cool. He didn't even have to wear a fucking uniform. You know, <laughs> he was he brought he those are the clothes he wore apparently to the first day in the set. And your man said, Yeah, okay, you can wear them. So McQueen is just amazing in that film. That film actually is shit without him. If if that movie wasn't mm. that didn't happen, it'd be just another crappy movie, you know. And like it's just fantastic. McQueen adds so much gravitas to that movie, you know. He actually mm. makes the movie, he gives it a depth that it never would have had. You know, and I think it's just incredible. And I'm surprised and very disappointed that McQueen didn't do more war movies, actually, because yeah. I think he would have been fucking great. Excuse my English. But um, he was just he was amazing in that film. So, yeah, I would want to be Steve McQueen. I mean, look, lads, come on. Who you'd actually want to be Steve McQueen in Star Wars. You know, yeah. so, you know so, so like if there was something you could do, you'd actually if I could go back in time and put somebody in Star Wars, I'd probably put Steve McQueen in there. Just just put him in there. Put him in there. Like he could be a rebel commander. Or something. just walk hmm. on a set and do go you, everything. Do you think, right? Yeah. Do you think 10 years earlier, hmm. Steve McQueen could have been Han Solo? Oh, man. Everything yeah. that's modeled about Han Solo is modeled on Steve McQueen. Come on. Mm-hmm. He's like the epitome. He's like a scoundrel. McQueen has always been a scoundrel. That's the whole thing. I mean, he's 100 percent modeled on Steve McQueen. I can't yeah. believe we found a way back to Star Trek, Star Wars. I mean, 
Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's who I'd say, Steve McQueen's, because I know the guys are stuck for time. So that would be. And I just want to mention the be... number of time that we've said Star Trek. I mean Star Wars during this. There's going to be a lot of people listening who are going to be upset. Oh, where everyone has gone before. And, and they're also wondering when we're going to mention the Star Wars holiday special. Oh, we don't. Uh, and we're not. <laughs> oh, Still not man. available on Disney Plus. Wow. Ah, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> I could have done with a good sleep. Boba Fett was in that though, wasn't he? It's about the only decent thing that was in it, actually. The cartoon with Boba Fett. I just I had um I had on my show John Celestri, the animator who brought Boba Fett to life in in that uh in that animated segment. So he was the the man responsible for for bringing for um first giving us Boba Fett. And that was a it was a really fun interview too. He's a great guy. Wow, that's super cool. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I've got to good. say one of my favorite wow. memories is is of actually meeting Jeremy Bullock, who was the original right, Boba the original. Fett. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I had I had a good me and me and Louise had a good yeah. like about forty five minute chat with him at a convention. Great guy. And actually, Dang. you know the guy that's in the Mandalorian who was the kind of gunslinger um, sheriff. Yep. I, he reminded me of the original kind of look of Boba Fett. He was much thinner. Mm. You know, mm. by the time he got to Django Fett, he was a bit on the bulkier side because naturally that's what your man is like being the, where he's from. Mm-hmm. And it, there was more there was more bulk on him. But when you see Boba Fett, I was looking at him in The Empire Strikes Back just a couple of days ago. And when you see him in that film, he's quite slim. And he mm-hmm. looks more like the guy who was the kind of... Yeah. I when I first saw that, I was going, hey, oh, what the hell's going on? You know, um, and it turned out, as we know, somebody else wearing his, his uh, armor. But that was brilliant. That was, I, I loved that look. It was much, looked leaner. Looked like yeah. he was living on his wits and not, you know, as you know, all muscle and no fat. Mm. That, that, yeah. that suited him. Whereas you look at him now, you know, and he's having that fight with your woman in the bar. Hey, princess, you know, <laughs> he, looked, <laughs> he looked too bulky, you know, and I know he's a great mm. actor. But still, yeah, yeah, I like that. That was a good car. And now, of course, he had a good voice as well, actually. You know that part where he's no good to me dead, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. He, they, I know they've dubbed in his New Zealand accent. He's no good to me, dead. But then, you know, they, he was, I always love that original voice, though. You know, like I love what Tamara's done, you know, has done with the character and everything. Yeah. But man, that original voice of Boba better. Fett yeah. was just so awesome. Just what yeah. if he doesn't it was survive? He's yeah, worth yeah. a lot to me. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It was great yeah. accent. Kind of like, what was it? Was it an American accent? Kind of Brooklyn I, I forget who it was. Who, mafia, who, was it? You know, it was it was damn good. That was what it was. It was, like, it was kind of a yeah, Rochester accent. Really. <laughs> <laughs> no Rochers, you know. <laughs> Boba Fett's from Rochester. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah, no, I thought I thought it was great. Yeah, it's a good 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 uh, good analogy there. Yeah. What film would you be in, Stu? Uh, given how much my wife constantly celebrates and talks about Halloween and is already talking about what we're going to be for Halloween next year, I would have to be somebody who lives in Halloween town from the nightmare before Christmas. Oh, nice. yeah. Great film. Nice. Love that. Yeah, great film. Mm-hmm. Just it's one of like the civilians there. Coming of age <laughs> for kids, isn't it? You know, your kids kind of grown up and they go, this is not scary. It's really cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Simon? Yeah. Um, I given it was my old avatar, I'd probably have to go to the Gonzo from Muppet's Christmas Carol. Ah, that's yes. brilliant. Yeah. Gonzo's mm-hmm. the coolest Muppet though, wasn't he? It's cool, yeah, he's the best, isn't he? I mean he loves to give a shit. You know, it's, there, there's <laughs> no no, everyone just glosses over the fact that you know he's attracted to chickens. <laughs> you know, it's just mm-hmm. like this is the most natural thing in the world. This alien dude with the hook nose yeah. and a chicken. And shit so, on yeah. the trumpet. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be Gonzo. 
yeah, Gonzo was the best. Kind of like, is there an origin to that name? <laughs> yes. Is there about it. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. I'm, talking about, I'm talking about the real character. Like, is where did they come up with the name? Is has that got a meaning in the states, Gonzo? Sort of. Uh, I don't know. Name? Just means weird or wild. It does doesn't it? Yeah. 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 It's a great character. Great. Character. I think yeah. I think I'd want to be one of Kevin's uh, uh, neighbors in Home Alone because those houses are gorgeous. Uh, there you go. Yeah, that's they're one. all flooded now. Yeah. They've all been flooded. Yeah. Oh, that's true. You know, you're in choice, yeah, Bill, yeah. Sticky Bandit. The Damn, Mark. The Wet Bandits. <laughs> the Wet the Bandits. Wet yeah. Yeah. Sticky, Sticky Bandits. Sticky Bandits uh, was movie the second one. The number two. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had a talk boy. Um, I don't you know did? if you guys remember that. Yeah. The credit yep. card. You got it. Yeah. I had one of those. <laughs> that's all you did with it. That's all you did with it was just record that one line and play it over and over again. And <laughs> parents loved it. They loved, they loved hearing it every day, multiple times a day. For I'm sure they did, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> you need it now. Jared, I, I, Jared, I love, you I love watching that one. Just for, I love watching that one for Tim Curry. So just, uh, Oh, a limousine and a brilliant. Pizza. <laughs> well, he doesn't do anything bad, does he? Tim Curry. You put Tim Curry in anything, mm-hmm. and it's immediately He'll make it better. better. Yeah, yeah. make it better by default. Yeah, yeah. even the home oh, for Red October, he was good in. Oh, he's great in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Doctor, wasn't he? Sleep. Mm-hmm. One yeah. film we haven't mentioned. If we're talking about people who can transform films, is The Grinch. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Christmas, yeah, that Jim film Perry was made for Perry, wasn't it? amazing he was terrific i was not a fan of the movie itself because the who's were just assholes like, and, and like, the yeah. the way they looked the way they looked bothered me mm-hmm. and i know that it's based on the books but they're much better illustrated uh yeah. real life who's are just unsettling yeah mm-hmm. i never saw the the jim carrey grinch i've only seen the original grinch who stole christmas mm-hmm. yeah. you know okay, it's, it's basically a jim carrey show it's just yeah, all it and is. the thing about mm-hmm. him is um if they tried to do that now, the actual person themselves would be a CGI face. But Kerry yeah. had the ability to actually bring yes. that look to real. Yeah, you know, he, he really was, did. He was, a, he was a visual acrobat. You yeah. know, there's one thing that sticks out about me when you know that thing he did. Um, uh, God, I can't think. Of, you know about the kids? It was kind of like a spooky thing where the kids. He was kind of the grand, the uncle. Oh, the series of unfortunate events. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He did that imitation of the pterodactyl dinosaur. I just kind of, I fell off the fucking chair. I think you know. Every time I was out somewhere in Dublin, drunk, I'd say, "I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it." Ah, you know, and you just can't. <laughs> but it was uh-huh. just, it was amazing. And I think with the Grinch, if you tried to do it now, they would just CGI the person. Yeah, they would. You know, yeah. nobody else could have done could have done that character uh-huh. the way that he did just brought it but apparently life. he was he was actually trained by someone who trains the cia yeah to not break under interrogation to deal wow. with having to put the makeup on every day oh, because wow. yeah. the first time they did oh. it it was like eight hours to put it on mm-hmm. it was, and it was Rick at Baker, least three it? hours every day after that wow. and he had to have special training not to just you know, doing Andy Kaufman on it. And that and was just, before we, yeah. you had podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, that's an amazing. I mean, I, you, you, I sometimes often think about that, like, you know, the amount of work that went into it. And as you say, nowadays, he'd be probably just given a green face and they just throw a CGI over it, you know, and that'd mm. be it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, yeah. yeah. Such a great actor. He's everything. I love everything he's been in. You know, it's, it's, a, it's unfortunate like that. He's not kind of mainstream anymore, but then again, I probably respect him more for that. Yeah. So. <laughs> not a great movie, but man, the Riddler, Batman forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. So he held that film. He's brilliant. I really, I really need it's to see that Schumacher cut it. too. You know, like I understand like the Schumacher cut is just like 
leagues better than than what it wound up being in theaters. Right. Well, it would have to right. be really. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I want to yeah. see that because mm-hmm. like it's the little bits and pieces that I saw, like the deleted scenes and everything that definitely gives it that darker edge that makes it look like, OK, I can see Batman, Batman Returns, Batman mm. Forever, you know, with yep. Batman and Robin being its own weird, you know, just <laughs> it's, its own mm-hmm. little outcast. Its own thing. Film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, there's but, a movie uh, that yeah. Sean loves. <laughs> yep, Sean from Review It Yourself loves Batman and Robin. He loves oh, it. Wow, holy rusted metal, Batman. He give. <laughs> well, that was for. Yeah, I remember. I remember that seeing that in Batman Forever, and everyone was just like, was "What?" Like, uh, you know, just like they started getting uh, like, "Oh no!" And then when they made the quick joke about it, it was just like, "Ground, it's all metal. It's full of holes." You know, holy. And it's like, oh, and then everyone breathed a sigh of relief, and it's like, okay, now we can go on. <laughs> yeah, it was almost. It's almost like it knew it was taking the Miguel itself, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's in the last death trolls, wasn't it? That franchise. Yeah. Like, get as much crap and sell as much crap as we can, you know. Pretty mm-hmm. much, yeah. yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Really but it's really, really but if we don't have that, we don't get Batman Begins in the Dark Knight. You know, and yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Hi, this is Kevin Young. And Dan Hergan. From Torture. And we would like to wish all the listeners of Pods Like Us a very Merry Christmas. And yeah, but DC keep yeah. cocking it up, they keep divorcing with themselves. You yes. know, yeah. Like, yeah. They, just, they, like, they, they can't they, commit to a universe. They can't commit to a full universe. There's an evil spin so. in the in somewhere there that just keeps it right. The you know the lore mm. of DC, just like it's just kind of every time you think they're going to get a good, they just ah, mm. oh, crock. The, 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 the weird, the weird thing is though, is just like just as as a quick note, like what they're doing right now, like the way that they have like this, they have this weird amalgam of like some you know some movies that are together, but then there are there's a whole like blanket of all these other standalone movies mm. that to me is just like, that's DC comics right there mm. because like they keep yeah. on rebooting the, the main line. You know, I don't even know what the hell they're calling their, their main line these days, but you know, like, uh, but now it's just like so much of it is just standalone stories. They're just taking yeah, the but- characters and just moving them into this realm or this realm or this realm. And they're mm. all so malleable that they all work in their own yeah. dialogue. story. So it's like they they finally realized that, you know, that their real shrink, their real advantage over Marvel is their characters more Mm -hmm. than anything. So you you take a look. I mean, look at the um, say, take take Superman, Man of Steel, the the dialogue and the acting. And that was brilliant. You know, Kevin Costner and so on, you know. Mm -hmm. Timothy um and it was just amazing, amazing story and amazing acting. And the the scenes were really, really amazing. Then you just look at fucking hoorah, Aquaman, this new one coming out and you're kind of going. Jesus, that's only a generation. That's not even a generation. Like, that's not even as long as say, mm. the first Iron Man to the last movie that we've just seen. And like mm. the one thing, you know, if people are criticizing Marvel all the time, saying it's lacking, it's going too far, there's too much white, people can't keep up and all that kind of But what it doesn't slip down is, first of all, the standard of acting is always superb. The cast is always brilliant. And the dialogue and script is really tight. You don't get that mm-hmm. with Marvel movies. And I think that would be fine to introduce all those crazy ideas that you're talking about, as long as the acting, the dialogue and the script was good, which it is. As long as there's a commitment to it. Yeah. yeah. George, yeah. Lucas is, George Lucas is doing the script in all the DC films. I firmly believe he's, he's right. <laughs> putting, them under, putting them under the door of whoever's in charge and saying, that's a good one. Do that one. You know, because <laughs> I mean, when I, I sat watching that one with um, uh, with uh, uh, the rock in it, you know, and then oh, I Black said, Adam. Oh, oh yeah. Jesus. And then, then you know, um, fucking James Bond, Pierce Brosnan comes along, and I'm going, that's like an older, stupid version of Doctor Strange. It's like, you know, even his acting was hammy, 
you know, and it was like, oh, that's the guy we turned down for Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah, very good. Everybody in Marvel laughed their heads <laughs> off, you know. Oh, he was contestant number 673, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he, he actually came after Mickey Rourke, who's dead five years. You know? <laughs> Ken, you've done it now, you know. You, you right. can just see it. They'll have a reality television show where they're just bringing anybody on to be yeah. uh, cast in a future superhero film. In a DC movie. Not a Superman, not any superhero movie. No, Have I do. Have you seen I, I, the Suicide Squad, the new one? No. Oh, yeah, that sure. one's That's excellent. Like, that was That's terrific. Really, yeah. But it, it doesn't it just scream Guardians all over? Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah. The James but it, but it, the, but like, it was like everywhere. I've ne- it was the closest you'll ever see to a trauma version of a superhero film. Like, yeah. It was... It was so I, I, you know, like just just saying out, out loud, it was the perfect blend of what the fuckery that I've ever seen, like in, <laughs> in, in, in a movie yeah. and for it to be a, a comic book film and then like a superhero film and everything. And just to be like where, you know, where it was like in the whole overall spectrum, I thought it was brilliant. I couldn't get yeah. enough of it. I don't think they're appealing to the kids, though. Like, no. No, sorry, I mean DC in general Because I like my daughter has about 20 friends That come in and out of the house And they all love Marvel They talk about Marvel all the time There's like one for everybody in the audience for Marvel They have their heroes mm-hmm. You know, going right back as Black Widow All the way up to, uh, you know, um, the new girl the Miss Marvel They all Ms. love Marvel, yeah. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, they love Miss Marvel they absolutely love her. They can see beyond all the bullshit that you, you know, all the lads online are giving out about. They don't give a damn about that, right? All they know is that she's four years, three, three or four years older than her, and she's cool. And yet, yeah, when I asked them a few times, "Oh, did you see Aquaman?" They all look at me like, "Say what's that? That's some stupid cartoon like SpongeBob." <laughs> <laughs> That's one of them said that to me. Is that like SpongeBob? And I said, "Wow, you know, hoorah." so that's i think that's the problem i think they're just appealing to adults with all of their films and then they don't seem to be getting it right when they try and do kids movies they they need more in a spongebob film now don't they they do actually he's not gonna top the half is he come on yes but hold on a second if you if you said to kids if you sat down 20 kids in a room and you say right guys dc are gonna make a movie what should they do they would say teen titans movie now Mm. Let's do what they did with Paw Patrol and turn it into a really high quality and, you know, make, have all the crap. Like Teen Titans never do superhero stuff. That's why they mm-hmm. love. Every kid loves, in Ireland, every kid loves Teen Titans. It's, they talk about it all the time. It's mm. just a huge thing. And they just relate to it. I don't know. I the Titans, the yeah. Titans TV show on Netflix was pretty good. Yeah, they love it. That's it. And then the, the specials, you know, where they came into the real universe and met the voice actors and all that kind of thing and then they met all the different teen titans like they had steampunk teen titans and my dad my my daughter says to me dad they even had these teen titans with bowler hats and goggles (laughs) 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 you know so it was was amazing so i think i think that's where you know and what's called superhero girls is really really popular jeez girls love that you know the where it's kind of they mix with the teen titans they come into each episode every now and again and uh, they love it. They love it. So I, I think DC have just kind of need to fill the gaps if they want to catch up. But have they given up on Marvel trying to catch up? And do you think that's that's that sounds that sounds like an ideal episode for like all of us to come back together? Yeah, you know, to discuss this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, going back to Christmas, I was about to say because I keep looking at uh, Jared's background, and I've just thought I would love a Fraggle Rock Christmas film. Oh, that would be. Uh, well, you get you get a little bit of that in the Muppet Family the Muppet. Christmas because yeah. you know, 
they they have all the Muppets they have and they have all the Sesame Street guys come in and and hang out with them. And then at some point, uh, I think Kermit and Robin go uh, go into Fraggle Rock. And so, you know, you get it's it's wonderful. And the whole thing is only like about 45 minutes long. You can find it on YouTube and they Mm. have a terrific um, quality recording of it. That's that's on there. And that's super uh, cool. It's so much fun. They got some great songs. I and mean, they're all like, you know, classic songs. Um, mm-hmm. So it's no like original songs, but it, they're all just like everyone just really brought their A game. And it's and it's really like it's, you know, Infinity War, basically, of, of the of the Muppets, you know, with everyone like all together the way that they are. And but the great thing is, is that Jim Henson's there. Frank Oz is mm-hmm. there. Richard Hunt is there. You know, like all these all. Carol Spinney is there, like all these yeah. wonderful people that we've lost over the years. They're all mm-hmm. there. They all got Amazing. to do something truly wonderful together. So I, I highly recommend that. Oh, dude, that sounds amazing. So, yeah, Mar- Marvel, we should have in January. want to come back. Um, George can talk to us about them up at Christmas Carol, which he will have watched. Yes. By then. Yes. I, will and, uh, by then. I promise you, I will. Yeah. Watch it by then. It'll be the edited version. They'll cut out all the curse words, and I'll watch. Um... <laughs> In all seriousness, not the Christmas Carol. Generally speaking, is an edited version because they cut the song out, didn't they? Between Kane and not his girl. only is it on this album that you can't see, it is also. <laughs> <laughs> it was on the original VHS that I got right after yeah. the movie came out, but there's also another. I think two songs that never made it into the movie on this album. They're still selling this on I am eight bit.com. So I don't make money from that, but they've put put the song back in again on Disney plus. Yes. Did they? Oh, good. Good on them. The love is gone. All right. The love is gone. And it actually, the, the, that song missing from the movie just, really affects the latter half which incorporates some of the that score from that that song yeah into yeah but that's so the sign, find, that's the sign of a good that song yeah that's the sign of a good soundtrack is when you get a really good uh when you get a really good um uh at the end you get a, uh an amalgamation of all the different themes and songs all the way through that lit that all you those get feelings of, coming yeah. back everything you've yeah. just experienced yeah. over the last 90 yeah. minutes yeah and this is also a sign of a very good roundtable because um, because we're all just like enjoying the chatting amongst us all and everything. And at the same time, I'm George has got to go. Buzzes. Yeah, I'm getting buzzed on my phone. I'm <laughs> getting buzzed on my phone. I'm sure you know, like Stu is, uh, you know, like has has to yeah. has to run as well. But you know, like Let's at the same time, up. just yeah. like we're having such a good time chatting, so we definitely got to do this more. Yeah, we'll get back yeah. together in January and see how everybody got on with the films that they've not. That they've not seen before, definitely. There you go. Yeah, like all it. right. We'll anyway. get reviews of Die Hard. We'll get a review of Star Wars. Sound of music. Sound of music. That's right. I'll tell you now. I'm not going to be allowed to badmouth the sound of music in this house. It's not going to be allowed. I will be. I'll be to find a quiet place to record. Six hundred and fifty million time. <laughs> <laughs> right, George. Explain where everybody can find you and get hold of you. 
You can find me by uh, by uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Those are the main places where I really hang out. You can also find me on um, you can find me at uh, at the Once Upon a Podcast Network dot com. You can also find my website at He's Got It dot com, as in by George. He's Got It. Okay, Simon. Uh, you can find us at socks.buzzsprout.com and on Twitter, X, whatever the hell you want to call that bin it's fire these days, um, as Who Takes Socks Off. We're on Facebook um, as well. And yeah, that's about it, really. Stu? Uh, the podcast is The Stew World Order. The website is swoproductions.com. And you can find us on pretty much every social media as SWO Productions. Ken? Uh, well, I'll just give you the comfortable spot. It's just, you'll find it on the comfortablespot.com. That's my website. All the uh, episodes are there. And then I'm on Twitter as the same. And I'm Mastodon. And I'm Blue Sky. I'm on them all. (laughs) 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 They're just all horrible, but we have to do it, you know. Anyway, Mm -hmm. so that's it. The Comfortable Spot. Just look up the Comfortable Spot and Google it. You'll find it. It's great. Yep. And Jared? DesertSkiesPodcast.com. And you can also find me on Twitter at DesertSkiesPod. Okay, thanks for speaking with me today, guys. You're most welcome. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Thank you, guys. You can find Pods Like Us on any streaming platform. We're also on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. MySpace. Uh, I, I do still have a MySpace page, probably. I, I bet it's still there. Somewhere. I haven't been on that Amazing. thing for about 12 years or something. <laughs> can't believe somebody said that. My, my space, dear me. Oh, space. <laughs> Be going back to those chat groups, won't we? Yeah, my space, <laughs> where everyone can hear you scream. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, thanks for listening to us and hope you listen again to another episode of Pod Like Us. Take care, everyone. Take care.